Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of E.W. Jackson for America. Great to be with you again this morning. I've got a big announcement. So let me let me get into it because I've got some topics and I really a, a big topic I need to discuss with you. But before I get to that, uh, let me first mention, of course, uh, our standard boards dinner coming up on May the 16th, Tuesday, May the 16th at the Tyson's Corner Marriott. We are giving the George Washington Award for taking a stand to Alan West, Alveda King, Michelle Bachman, and Andrew Womack, four great patriots for taking a stand for the Judeo-Christian values of this nation. And that's what stand is dedicated to, bringing people together across racial and cultural lines to uphold our Judeo-Christian values and heritage. And so I hope you will come. Now, here's the big announcement. We have complimentary tickets available. Now, the tickets are $150 value, folks, $150. And we have complimentary tickets available as a result of our generous sponsors, many of whom are in other parts of the country and simply will not be able to make it. They said, donate the tickets to your supporters and, uh, and, and invite them to come. And so that's what I want to start doing. We are less than a month away from the event. And we, are, we have complimentary tickets available, which we will use until we have run out, okay? And we're in the process of, comp of compiling those because, of course, as you know, people say, well, I, I may not make it. Well, I'll be bring two people. Well, I'll bring five people. And so we're constantly sort of adjusting the number of seats we have available based upon our sponsors and how many people they are coming and how, how many people are coming and how many people they are bringing with them, okay? But right now, we have a significant number of complimentary tickets available for this event, and we want you to come. Now, in order to RSVP, uh, for the time being, send your RSVP to, and I'd like complimentary tickets. And by the way, two per person. If you are a family, you can bring family members with you. Uh, but in other words, what we're trying not to do is have people say, well, I'm going to bring, you know, uh, my my buddy and my girlfriend and my you know what I mean um, so two tickets per person um, if you are a family you are a married couple man and woman <laughs> needless to say um, you can bring your family okay you can and you have any children and of course we mean children who are old enough to be at an event like this we don't we're asking people not to bring infants because that's that's going to be difficult to, to manage uh, during a two-hour sit-down. But, you know, your, your teenage kids who can sit there for a couple of hours, have the discipline to do that, uh, to walk through this, by all means, they are invited. But we've got to have the names and contact numbers of everybody because here's what we're going to be doing this time. We're going to be verifying that people are coming because last time, as I think I mentioned, we had a bunch of people, RSVP, who did not show up. And we paid for all of those dinners. And folks, these dinners are expensive. We paid for all of them. So we want to avoid that this time. And so we're asking people to RSVP and then check back in with us. I'll give you the exact date. I've got to get all that straight. But it's going to be about the, the, the event is Tuesday, probably the Thursday before. We'll have people check back with us. In fact, you know what? Let me give you the date right now because... I really ought to have all this straight, but it, it's 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 a moving target, folks. Um, May the 11th, 
you got it. You got to check in by May the 11th to say, yes, I am coming. Because what we don't want to do is end up. In fact, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. We want we want you to check in by May the 10th. That gives us time to give an accurate count. Because what we don't want to do is reserve dinners that we then have to pay for that people don't even use. It's just a waste of contributors' money to do that. And unfortunately, we did more of that than we should have last time. It cost us significantly. Um, had a very successful event, but that was one of the things we said we got to correct. So, complimentary tickets available. Please, RSVP, if you really plan to come, and then check back with us no later than May the 10th, May the 10th, to say, yes, I am still coming. Because if we don't get a verification, we will not have a dinner ready. We, because that's what the mistake we made last time. People RSVP, we assumed they were coming, and then they just didn't even bother to tell us, oh, sorry, I can't make it. Okay? Uh, but we got a significant number of complimentary tickets available as a result of the, the, um, the generosity of our sponsors, and we want you to take advantage of it. So in order to RSVP, email my executive assistant, vanity at standamerica.us vanity at standamerica.us now that rcp may change but that's what i've got for you for that right now vanity at standamerica.us tell us you want you want to to how many uh, complimentary tickets you want two per person unless you're a family and you can you can bring all of your mature children with you um and you know that's fine so you got three or four teenagers you want to bring bring them that we're, we're happy to have them so we're going to do this until we run out, and we'll keep you posted as to exactly how many tickets we have left, or at least when we're starting to get low to say, well, folks, we're almost out, but right now we're just starting the process, so there are plenty of tickets available. Um, so that, that's one. Vanity at standamerica.us to arrange those tickets. Now, please, name, email, and cell number, okay? Name, email, and cell number. We've got to have those things from you because we want to be able to get in touch with you to verify that you are indeed coming. All right. Very, very important, folks. Please help us with this because we just don't want to waste contributors' money. This is all money that people have donated, and we don't want to waste it. So if you are coming, we are happy to accommodate you. No cost to you. Uh, but if you're not, we've got we've to find out so that we don't waste that money. All right. So that's number one. Uh, number two, of course, is for those of you who uh, I don't need a complimentary ticket. I want to help. I want to sponsor. Go to standamerica.us. The sponsorship uh, levels are available there. We do need more sponsors, folks. We don't have as many sponsors yet as we did last year. The economy's problems are, are having an impact on us and so we're asking you to help us we're asking you to step out there and by the way even if you can't come even if you can't show up you don't want any complimentary tickets and say i can't afford a 150 dollars ticket just make a donation just make a donation and don't forget with regard to that my new books sweet land of liberty reflections of a patriot descended from slaves now, you can get this wherever books are sold, but if you want a 15% discount on the book, go to our publisher's website, faithfultext.com, faithfultext.com. However, if you want a free book, you want to support us, 
sign up as a Patriot partner for $25 a month or more, and I will send you a free signed and numbered copy of my book. I just signed a, uh, more than a box of books not too long ago, and I've got to sign a bunch more. Um, but we're, we're pushing them out as the requests come in, and I think we're up around 80 um, new Patriot partners. Remember, our goal was another 250 to reach 500, and we're up around 80 now. So we're, we're making headway. And that, in fact, that almost gets us to our target if, uh, in, what, uh, January, February, March. Okay, we're not even quite through April yet. So, so really, if we get to 200 and what, I mean, if we get to 85, and I think we're there, we will get there by the end of April and we continue that pace, we will reach our goal of adding 250 Patriot partners and having 500 Patriot partners by the end of the month. So folks, Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves, Go to our website, standamerica.us, and sign up, $25 or more a month, and I will send you a signed, numbered copy of the book. And by the way, I'm signing these, folks. I'm not, there's not, this is not, <laughs> you know, some automation process or have somebody else doing it. I'm signing every single one of these personally because I made the commitment that I would do that. Okay? Here's what I want to talk to you about today. And, and here again, nobody is talking about this. I haven't heard anybody else talk about this but me. Now, I, I should say this. Forgive me. I have not heard anybody else talk about it. I don't know that nobody else is talking about it because I don't know what everybody else is saying. I mean, we got, we got 333 million citizens in this country, so that doesn't mean that somebody somewhere is not talking about it. But my point is, certainly no public figure. I, I've scoured the news. I've not heard a single public figure talk about this, and it is, it is this. The anti-Christian bigotry that is arising in our country. And there is an anti-Christian bigotry that is rearing its ugly head. I've never seen anything like it in America. A real hatred, a real antipathy for Bible-believing Christians. And this has been rising for a while, of course. I mean, this is not the first time we heard it. Um, we've heard figures along the way denounce me, Cher. I remember Cher once denounced Christians and Republicans kind of in one breath as, you know, monsters and, you know, the dangerous people. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. But it is becoming more systematic. It is becoming more widespread. Frankly, it's becoming more mainstream. Uh, the Biden administration, of course, is defending against this lawsuit, lawsuit <coughs> by a postal worker who, when he took the job for the post office, said, I don't work on Sundays. I'm a Christian. I reserve Sundays as my Sabbath for going to church and that kind of thing. And they said, okay, fine. I've seen this happen before. In fact, I've had it happen to me. Okay, fine, no problem. It was you know, years ago when I was you know, sort of working for other people and that kind of thing. No problem. But then as the work load increased or as the, the, the workforce lessened, 
it became, well, you know, we got to make some adjustments and, and, you know, every now and then we need you to work on Sundays. Well, that's not the commitment you made to me. And I think he compromised a little bit, but then put his foot down and said, you know what? When I took this job, I said I was not working on Sundays. Now all of a sudden I'm being told, oh, no, yeah, you, you've got to work on Sundays. Well, he sued them. And the case is before the United States Supreme Court right now. The guy's name is Joe Groff, sued under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, which requires religious accommodations absent an undue hardship on the conduct of the employer's business. Okay? And um, the lead counsel for Groff said that the current legal test from the Supreme Court case makes a mockery of the English language and that no party truly defends it today. In other words, I think what he's saying is any company can say it's an undue hardship and just basically trample all over your religious liberty. Here's the point I want to get to, though. The Biden administration, their solicitor, the U.S. United States Solicitor General, Elizabeth Prelogar, is basically defending the post office and saying there is no significant religious discrimination in the workplaces of our country and the Supreme Court should maintain the current legal standard. Now, Justice Samuel Alito said, we have amicus briefs from all kinds of religious organizations and they're all saying that what you just said is not true, that there is significant religious discrimination going on in workplaces. And that, by the way, that, that standard uh, for that case um, was from TWA versus Hardison, in which they established that standard. And all these amicus briefs and all these religious organizations, not just Christians, are arguing that that standard violates their religious liberty. But the Biden administration, like the good communists they are, oh no, there's nothing to see here. There's no religious discrimination. Nobody's being discriminated against. Well, the whole SPCG movement, sexual perversion, child grooming movement, the homosexuals, the gender confused, their whole movement is one long, sustained, relentless attack on Christians, on Christianity, on the Bible, and on faith in God. They're either denouncing it completely or undermining it by saying, oh, this is completely consistent with God. All the sexual perversion is completely consistent with God. God approves of it. Just like Ahab and Jezebel arguing that God approves of sexual perversion and prostitution and homosexual and heterosexual prostitution in the temple of God. There's no different. Same spirit. But the Biden administration is basically saying we're not defending any Christians claiming racist, claiming religious discrimination because it's not happening. Now, the, 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 the United States government is supposed to, one of its most fundamental responsibilities 
is to defend our liberties. I know that's not the way Democrats think now. That's not the way the left thinks. They think the purpose of the government is to impose upon us its will. That's what they think. That's why they keep calling us, we're democracy, our democracy, because they don't understand we're not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. Yes, and we operate through democratic means, but it's not majority rule in many cases because we believe that our fundamental rights are so sacred, so sacrosanct, that we simply won't allow them to be removed by a vote of anybody under any circumstances. So the majority doesn't get to vote away your First Amendment rights. The majority doesn't get to vote away your Second Amendment rights, which is what the Democrats really want. They really want to be able to say, well, we got enough people here, those right, that. Your Second Amendment right doesn't exist anymore. That's, where, that's really what they want. They want that done away with. They, they can't change the Constitution. Uh, they don't have the ability to do that. They don't have the strength. They don't have the power to do that. They don't have the support to do that. But they'd like to. And if they can't do that, what they'd like to do is make it a dead letter. But with the First Amendment, they're after the same goal. They want to basically so suppress and discredit and marginalize and demoralize biblical faith in Almighty God, orthodox faith in Almighty God, belief in the Bible, that it becomes a dead letter. That nobody upholds that. Because it's in their way. It's in the way of creating Sodom and Gomorrah which is exactly what they want. And so this is another indication of anti-Christian bigotry because remember folks, I want to remind you, our country was founded on this fundamental principle that rights and liberties do not come from the beneficence of man not from a president, a potentate, a governor, a mayor, a city council, a legislature. Our fundamental rights and liberties come from Almighty God. It is God who made me free. And any attempt by government to take away my freedom is not only a violation of my humanity, but it's a violation of God's divine edict. And the Democrat Party and the left now are suicidally dedicated to doing away with your religious liberty. Unless, unless you follow a religion that they dictate. I mean, here again, that's just like communist China. You can be a church in communist China as long as you teach what the communist Chinese tell you to teach then you're fine. But if you actually want to teach what the Bible says, you actually want to teach what God says, you actually want to serve God on the basis of your own free moral conscience. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. The God you serve will be a God that we will serve up to you. Or you will be punished severely. 
And we've got these de facto communists in our country leading us down the same path. The God you serve, Americans, will be a God that the Democrat Party and the left serves up to you. And don't you forget it. And if you do, you will be fired from your job. You will have your business destroyed. You will have your reputation smeared. You will become persona non grata in the same way that Fidel Castro, when he found out somebody was trying to escape Cuba, if they were caught, that person became persona non grata, shunned, denied the fundamental ability to, to, to do anything. Of course, Cuba's a basket case anyway, but denied the fundamental ability to do the things that the other Cubans could do. Going to the supermarket, getting in line, waiting for a four ounce piece of meat for you and your family for a week, all that kind of stuff. Even that would be denied you. A fighter by the name of Rigandial tried to escape and the only thing he had to his name was a bike. They sent him back to Cuba and took his bike away. And the Biden administration, the Democrat party, the left, the four women of the, of, of the apocalypse, four horsewomen of the apocalypse. Um, I'm talking about, of course, AOC and Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib and, and, um, and um, who's that other woman from Massachusetts? It, it'll come to me. But, and then all the others who have joined with Cori Bush and, and uh, Jamal Bowman, all, all, all of these left-wing crazies who defend communist China and attack their own country. They're traitors. They don't like Christians. I mean, remember that AOC defined the, the, the really milquetoast, rather syrupy, and that's not a criticism, it's just, just kind of milquetoast, syrupy, God loves you ads during the Super Bowl as selling fascism. Think about that. Mussolini, Hitler, the icons of fascism, associating you and I and our faith in Jesus Christ with fascism. When, when our forefathers fought and died and bled and sacrificed to stop fascism, didn't want it anywhere, didn't want it in our country, certainly, and ultimately realized we had to stop it in Europe. But now suddenly we're being accused, the very people who love this country and love our freedoms, we're being accused of being fascist because we have faith in Almighty God. This is anti-Christian bigotry. You know, they've got, they accuse us of being homophobes, Islamophobes, transphobes. But you know, we need to add to the vocabulary Christophobes, Biblophobes, because these people have a real hatred. That's what they really, when they say phobes, they really mean, they, they don't mean fear, they really mean hatred. But these people have a real hatred of Christians and Christianity. I mean, you saw the guy who attacked the Catholic Church at $100,000 worth of damage, broke two doors and wrote things like your fake God and your fake religion and, and blank God. And this is the way the Democrat, that's why I said, I've said folks, 
the Democrat Party has become the party of Antichrist. This anti-Christian bigotry is real. And we as Christians have better be prepared to stand up for our liberties. Because if we don't, the Democrat Party and the left will just run roughshod over top of them like they tried to do to this guy who said, wait a minute, when I took this job, you agreed. I'm a Christian. I worship God on Sundays. I want Sundays off to go to church. That's my Sabbath. And you agreed. And now, oh, well, no, we can't. No, no, we, we, we can't have that. Remember, and I, I deal with this. Um, oh, where did I deal with this? Uh, there's so many places, but I'm thinking, I think the last sermon I preached at my church and at Andrew Walmart Ministries, I talked about this. The argument, yeah, I did. The argument that you and I are trying to create a theocracy. See, here again, I don't hear anybody talking about this. I don't hear the presidential candidates talking about this. But the idea that you and I are trying to create a theocracy, we're trying to impose our religion on everybody, we're trying to create, in effect, an official religion for the United States of America, is, first of all, it's just a vicious lie. But they don't care about the truth, so they don't mind lying. But some of it may really be based on their total ignorance of American history because they really are ignorant of American history. They don't understand. There's a distinction between the official laws, regulations of a nation and the culture of that nation. The laws and the rules and the regulations of a nation, the official legislative actions of a nation usually do, mostly will, reflect the culture of that nation. But the two are not the same. So, for example, culturally, America is a Christian country. Now, anybody who denies that is just, they're just denying reality because they don't like it. Culturally, we're not Buddhist. We're not Hindu, we're not Muslim, we're not atheists, we're not secularists. And nobody can even argue that when you take into account the fact that our founding document says that we are endowed by our creator with inalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And on the liberty bell, they quoted Leviticus, uh, what is it, 25, uh, 16, I think, proclaim liberty throughout the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. The, that George Washington's first proclamation, what is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, uh, to be grateful for his benefits, and to humbly implore his protection and favor. Abraham Lincoln, we have forgotten God. We are a Christian nation. Culturally. We, we don't have an official religion. And, and to the, to, contrary to the reports of us trying to create a theocracy, we don't want an official religion in America. Because we know it's the death knell of true Christianity. When, when any religion becomes the official sanctioned religion of the state, that's the end of it. 
because instead of having authentic people who on the basis of their own hearts and their own consciences submit to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are officially that because the state says you are, and, and it becomes, again, a dead letter. We don't want that. We don't want to force Christianity on anybody. We don't want to force it on Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists. We don't want to force it. Now, somebody say, yeah, but you're trying to pass laws. Look, folks, let's hear again. Let's make something else clear. All law reflect some cultural perspective. All law reflects somebody's view of right and wrong. We don't live in a vacuum. There's no such thing, oh, we're going to have a law. Whose, whose values are we reflect? Nobody's. Well, that's silly. So, of course, our law should and policy should reflect our culture. That's not a theocracy. That's simply an acknowledgement of the values upon which our entire system is based. I mean, go to India right now and tell and tell tell people in India that you you know, that you want to basically uh, get rid of anything that reflects Hinduism. Well, they'd look at you like you're crazy when 80% of the people in India are Hindus. By the way, they'd be better off if they did, <laughs> but that's another matter. But you've got the, the communist left the, 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 in this country. We, we, gotta, we, we don't want anything reflecting Christianity. Well, the whole culture reflects Christian values. But we, with the rise of anti-Christian bigotry, of biblophobes, of Christophobes, of Godophobes, you and I are under immense pressure because the colleges and universities, the corporate world, the entertainment world, the media world, all the institutions of cultural influence have bought into this anti-Christian, anti-Christ, anti-God mentality. And so if you were announced as a pro-life Christian, you announced as a Bible-believing Christian, you announced you believe that marriage is a union between one man and one woman, you'd be in trouble in most of the corporate world today. And that is a travesty. And the Biden administration said, oh, there's no problem. There's nothing to see here. Of course there's a problem. And let me say this, folks. I believe that the next president of the United States must appoint an attorney general who is, instead of doing what this idiot who's in there now is doing, of throwing our borders, allowing our borders to, well, of course, he's Justice Department, but here again, basically allowing lawlessness, I'll put it that way, allowing lawlessness to run rampant. We need an attorney general who is charged by the President of the United States to say, protect the civil rights of the American people, and I'm not talking about made-up rights that a bunch of radical crazies come up with, like, oh, I've got a right to be called by the right pronoun. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 
People who want to call you by some stupid pronoun like they, even though you're a single person, fine, they can do that. But using the law to impose that upon people and firing people from their jobs because they don't adhere to some sort of speech code that you've come up with is so anti-American and anti-constitutional that you can't overstate the case. But an attorney general who says, we're going to enforce the First Amendment, the right to religious liberty, the right to freedom of speech, and we're not going to be hemmed in by all this, well, that's hate speech, and you've got to use the right pronoun, and you've got to recognize my identity. It's, that's insane. And we're going to defend the right of, of Americans to freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, and the right to keep and bear arms. And we're not going to allow those fundamental rights to be encroached upon because you got a bunch of leftists who think they know better than everybody, including God. And let these companies know, we get a whiff that you're discriminating against Christians, you're firing people, or you're not promoting people, or you're holding people down because they have a traditional view of life. They believe that marriage is a union between one man and one woman, or they believe that life is sacred and that that baby in the womb should be preserved. If they're doing their job, if they're not disrupting in, in your workplace, but they're doing their job and we find out that you are discriminating against them because of the views that they hold about life, we're coming after your company in a major way. Because you are un-American. You're violating the most fundamental right. There's a reason why the First Amendment is first. Because without that, you don't have freedom of conscience. And without freedom of conscience, you're not free. And the Second Amendment is important because without the ability to defend ourselves against crime and disorder and tyranny, we're not free. And we need a president and an attorney general and a government that's going to defend the liberties of the American people and not use the government as a way to impose upon the American people this godless, secularist, atheist, anti-Christian, anti-Christ, anti-God philosophy that has risen up over the last 10 to 15, 20 years and is being imposed upon all of us as if this is somehow manna from heaven that we must all bow to. We're not doing it. And I trust that we will have a president of the United States who will make sure that the fundamental values of this nation, that the purpose of the Constitution, which is to secure the blessings of liberty, are honored and enforced. I don't want a fascist nation, but I don't want a communist nation either. I want a free nation. And yes, even in which the people who don't agree with me have a right to be heard, have a right to speak. And I'll defend their right to speak as well. But what I will not defend is their right to shut down anybody that they don't agree with. On the basis, well, it's hate speech. They're the haters. I got to go, folks. But let's just be prepared for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, if Jesus tarries, just be prepared to stand up for our fundamental liberties because the Democrat Party and the left in this country has no respect for that, 
They have no respect for the Constitution. They have no respect for the Declaration. They have no respect for America. They have no respect for Christianity. They have no respect for you as a Christian. And we're going to stop them. And they're not going to fundamentally transform this country. We don't need America to be fundamentally transformed. We need to restore the fundamentals that made America great. God bless each and every one of you. So look, stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up, because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit. Because we are on God's side.